today's scripture lesson comes to us from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 2 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me and for me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Now that we've sung about opening our eyes and our hearts and our ears, I want you all to indulge me for a few moments. Sit back in your pews, make yourselves comfortable, and close your eyes. Y'all have your eyes closed? Okay. Now with your eyes still closed, think back to your happiest place on earth. It could be Disney or DC, the beach, the mountains, the home of a dear friend or family. Are you there? Now in your mind's eye, look around you. What do you see? Who's around? Are you out in nature, or are you in a place built by the hands of man? Are there people around, or are you in a place where you can experience solitude? What is it about this place that is attracting you, calling out to you to come closer What is calling out to you to come explore? Who is calling you to a relationship? What colors do you see? Now that you have this picture in mind, dig a little deeper. What is it that you hear? Are there sounds of children laughing? Do you hear the roar of waves as they break against the shoreline? 
or the rushing water of a river full of white water rapids? Or do you hear the bells and the electronic voices of the subway platform and the unmistakable sounds of traffic? Are there sounds of birds singing and insects buzzing? Do you all have your picture? Okay, now hang on to that picture. And with your eyes still closed, let's switch gears and think back again. Think about the last time you encountered Jesus. Where are you? What are you doing? Look around this place and ask the same kind of questions. What is around you? Are you on a mountaintop or by the sea or even perhaps in a church? Who is with you or is anybody with you? What colors do you see? What is it that is calling you into that place? What are you hearing? Is there a conversation happening? Is it noisy or is it quiet? Are there sounds of celebration? Or are they sounds of sorrow? If you have this picture in your mind, keep it there along with the other one and open your eyes. Now, I may be entirely off base, but I think it's probably true that it was much easier for most of you to picture your happy place than it was to picture the last time you encountered Christ. Why is this when Matthew says that as Christians we are to seek first the kingdom of God? And we are supposed to put Jesus first in everything. He should be the first thing we see in the morning and the last person we talk to at night. Yet I think most of us struggle to recall the last time that we even encountered him. And when we do, the chances are it's not an encounter we had this morning, but one from last week or last month or last year or perhaps even longer. Brothers and sisters, I don't think it is because Jesus quit reaching out to us that we don't encounter him. Rather, I think it is because we expect to have a transfiguration moment when we, when we do encounter him. We expect Jesus to be present in unmistakable fashion, in clothes that are more dazzling than even the best bleach on earth could make them. And with an audible voice saying, 
Listen to him. This is my son, the beloved. We envision a time of profound intimacy when something spectacular happens and we know that we are in the presence of the divine on the mountaintop of God. We want to have a Peter moment when we are so dumbfounded by the awesomeness of of it all that we don't have the first clue what to say or do. However, this isn't always how it happens. We just heard John talk about his, his story and how that his encounter with God is not a dramatic one-time event, but a series of blessings over his lifetime. I didn't hear John say once that Jesus appeared to him on a mountaintop in a blaze of light or in all his glory. I didn't hear him say that he heard a distinctive voice speaking in his ear and knowing without a doubt that that was God. But I did hear him say that Jesus is in the little things of life, the benign and underwhelming coincidences that we encounter in the valleys of our everyday Jesus is telling us something each time you have the gut feeling that something that must be done now or of something that is not right. His message comes to us through the well-timed phone call from a friend or through the words of a stranger. Jesus appears through that tug on your heartstrings that urges you into action for some cause. He becomes visible when you serve communion to your family or watch a baptism. And he's seen in the majesty of a snow-covered mountain peak, the color palette of a sunset over the ocean, a Bible passage or a poem that speaks to your heart, and a song that soothes your soul. Friends, Jesus is reaching out to us today. He's inviting us to experience the reality and nature of his promise that comes from the transformation given to us in the valley of his death and on the mountaintop of his resurrection. Sometimes, perhaps, we may actually experience it with the awe and a sense of mystery that Peter, James, and John did when Jesus was transfigured in front of them. Once in a great while, we will be very aware that God is present in the moment. And there will be no mistake that that something incredibly special, but also often very unexplainable, is happening. More often than not, though, We will only see glimpses of Jesus and encounter him in ambiguity, perhaps even leaning toward anonymity. But if we want to create a spark in our hearts and in our church, we must encounter him. We must heed the words spoken to the disciples that day. This is my son, the beloved, 
Listen. Listen to him. If we want that spark in our hearts and in our church to grow into flames, we must learn to hear when Jesus is calling to us. We must take the time to slow down, be still, and listen. Yes, really listen. Not only to the overt and vibrant messages, but to the heart tugs and unspectacular happenstances that aren't always so obvious. If we want the flames to multiply into a wildfire, we must observe Jesus at work in the world, and we must listen and follow suit. We cannot be content to sit in our pews and wait for somebody to come to us or for something to happen. We have to be willing to get out of our comfort zones and allow ourselves to see the colors and hear the crackling of the flames as they consume us. We have to subject ourselves to the fire and be transformed into something new and different. Friends, God is telling each one of us, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Encounter him. Subject yourself again and again to the sights and sounds that surround you in his presence. Spend time in Jesus' presence and you will experience a transfiguration of your own. One that starts a fire here at St. Luke that will allow us to grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to his world. Amen and amen.